Let's go, South Beast. Beast mode. Keeping it simple with talk show host Christina Burnett and Andrew Stamper. Today we have a very special guest podcast host, Mr. Justin Salvaggio. Welcome, Justin. We're excited to hear from you. Oh, thanks for having me. Before we get started, let's take a moment for our sponsors. This Beastcast is brought to you by Badcock and More Home Furniture. We know picking the right mattress is a big decision. That's why Badcock makes it easier for you. Let your bad cop expert help you get the mattress that is just right for you. All right. Well, thank you very much, Christina, for that that lovely advertising copy read. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Had a great weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't, wasn't too bad. Uh, and yeah, now, as you mentioned, what is this? This is episode six. Number six, my friend. Number six. That's awesome. And for this episode, we're going to be making it how to negotiate. And we, we do, we've got a great show. We've got Justin and our, uh, our, our surprise uh, visitor this week. We've got JD Barksdale. JD, how's it going, man? Wow. Good morning. It's going great. Thanks for having me on the uh, beast mode podcast. Number six. Um, everything is going really well, getting ready to fly out to the manager's meeting right after this call. All right. Well, we won't keep you too long, but uh, we do definitely appreciate you. You hopping on. And uh, Justin, what about you, man? What, what's what's the new in your world? Oh, I'm super excited to be on the Beastcast. Uh, big fan. So um, happy Monday morning. Um, big football fan. The Giants pulled off an upset. So that was a nice, shocking way to end my weekend and getting ready to have a great week here. Well, good. All right. Well, for this week, we do. We've got we've got four people on on the panel today. And really what we're going to have is we're going to have kind of like a, a guest host in Justin. We've got a bunch of questions for you. Well, rather from you that you want to pose to JD. So let's, let's, let's get into it. What do you say? Sounds good. Let's do it. JD, you ready? I'm ready. Hit me. <laughs> All right. So, um, you know, these are, you know, we had a great meeting last week. Not that, you know, the whole team needs to hear it, but um, you know, talking to some of the other people that I, you know, deal with, uh, whether it's FSCs or beginning TMs, um, we, we kind of, you know, had this great meeting and these discussions with these questions and, you know, something that, you know, I really wanted to ask was, um, especially over, um, when you're talking with a dealer, um, especially when it comes to subsidies, um, what, what kind of some strategies do you like to have, um, when you're going into a meeting and, um, does this work? Like, why do you, do what you do. Yeah, that's a great question, Justin. And uh, I've had a lot. Of, I've had a chance to ride with a lot of you who have picked up accounts, and it's bringing me back to um, almost ten years ago when I started. And I started getting my first accounts, and subsidies were, um, you know, a topic of conversation, of course, during every meeting, whether it was a new dealer um, or a current dealer that I inherited, etc. But 
the strategy changes per customer. So you will never have the same subsidy strategy going into a meeting. I would say the biggest thing is you need to find out what means the most to the customer and our subsidies necessary. I think we have a tendency to go in and just say, yeah, yeah, we'll give you advertising, we'll give you volume rebate, et cetera. But I just want to uh, remind everybody, you know, that will listen to this podcast, the more subsidies you give, the less profitable you become as well as the organization. So um, it's harder to hit some of our profit goals. And I think it also, I need people to remember when they're thinking about subsidies that once you add a subsidy to a dealer, you've locked yourself in. It's very hard to take away subsidies uh, versus giving them. That, you know, that, that's an awesome answer because um, I, I do understand that, um, you know, the more we get into this, that not every dealer is the same. Uh, JD, for those who are FSCs or, you know, somewhat newer to TSI, um, what are subsidies? Yeah, so basically, if you relate it to our business, what subsidies are is they're a kickback uh, to our retail partners per wholesale purchases from us. So for simple terms. Let's say a customer has a a queen mattress that at wholesale is $100 they purchase for us from us. And if we give them, let's say 10% advertising, then every time they purchase that mattress, they would get $10. Uh, That goes into a subsidy bucket, which is accrued um, per, per wholesale purchases. So that's about as simple as I can explain it. And no, no, thank you. And that, you know, Again, sometimes like, you know, Christina likes to say, keeping it simple, simple work, simple is good. And we, um, we definitely appreciate that here at TSI. Um, so, you know, something that you talked about um, earlier that, you know, just got my attention was when you, when you're talking about giving subsidies to a, uh, a dealer, so whether it's advertising, volume rebates, um, and something that you said that, you know, definitely clicked was if you give somebody, you know, a dealer, a lot of subsidies and maybe too much subsidies um, in the end of the day could come back and hurt you, you know, on your, on your bottom line. So um, when do you like to use advertising and volume rebates, of course, outside of like the buying group or where that's something that they're locked into? Uh, For advertising subsidy, I think it's, you know, it's, it's great when we give retail partners advertising and they're really dedicated to using it. If they have a plan and a strategy, first and foremost, we want to know, well, if we give you advertising, how are you using it? What's the plan uh, moving forward before we just go ahead and say, yeah, we'll give you advertising. And then once you lay it out with the owner, dealer, buyer, um, who, you know, whoever it may be, then it's, then it can actually really help drive your business as well as theirs. Um, and that's when I like it, especially if we're going to give advertising, it's best to give advertising on um, our more premium products versus then, let's say, like your $799, $899 Sealy products. Okay, so w- would you say advertising is your favorite subsidy to give out or do you find that dealers use advertising the most out of everything we'll do? It really... Um, you know, Justin, every dealer is so different. I I wouldn't say I have a favorite subsidy. If it was up to me, we'd offer no subsidies. Um, Todd Clark would like me saying that right now, but, uh, (laughs) and probably Gara Blake and Drew too, but going to give a subsidy. 
I want to see a plan of action of how we're going to use it first. So definitely something that you would have a conversation with the dealer beforehand, especially if you're opening up like a new account or trying to put a new product on the floor. Uh, tell you the truth, I'm not having the conversation at all with them about subsidies unless they bring it to the table and mm-hmm. then we can discuss it and see what makes sense. Now, in some other cases, yeah, look, if we have our competitors and everybody's giving them, you know, spiffs, then obviously we're at a disadvantage on the floor if we don't come to the table with spiffs. So there's different ways to look at subsidies and which one means the most to certain retail partners. And that's really where, you know, we come in as an account manager. We need to figure out what's best for their business and what's best for ours so that we can all win together. And that leads me up into my next question, JD, and my final question for you. How do you, um, how does everybody win? You know, obviously we're the guides. We want to make sure that our dealers are successful. Um, of course, if we can get a little something out of it too, all the better. Um, how do we, how do we negotiate subsidies to make sure that the dealer gets what they want? They get what they can, you know, drive our brand. And of course we get that nice little bonus check at the end. Yeah. I mean, everybody wins just by selling more mattresses is the short answer, but obviously, uh, no, to get back to your question. Um, like I said before, what means the most to that customer, what's going to help drive traffic to their business. What's going to help push, um, RSAs towards our products, right? Because they're there to get paid as well. And, um, It's really just about where, you know, where is your retail customers pain points? How can we help them to be more profitable with TSI versus our competitors and what avenues or channels, you know, do we need to touch on to make that happen? That's awesome. Uh, Thank you for answering those questions. Um, Andrew, if you have anything to add or. Yeah, absolutely. JD uh, and Justin, those were absolutely awesome questions. JD, can we talk merchandising for, uh, for just a couple minutes? Please. I love merchandising. It's my favorite thing. (laughs) All right. Well, so I guess the first question that I've got is what type of advice do you have when it comes to merchandising a floor? Like whether that's like for like like new guests, like new clients, current dealers, what have you? Yeah. So merchandising is fun because it is forever changing. Um, Every retail partner is different as I call their floor. So their mattress gallery, um, you know, their furniture store, whatever it may be, I call it their ecosystem because we have to figure out what fits in their ecosystem. And there's a lot of different things that you can do uh, to help you understand. I mean, obviously conversations with the owner, buyers, uh, RSAs, managers, that will definitely point you in the right direction. I know Christina, uh, Justin, Steven, and uh, Peyton and I have worked on merchandising grids. Wonderful tool, really, to help you understand what the floor looks like on a piece of paper. It sounds strange, but when you put all, you know, the price points, profiles, uh, comforts, technologies, et cetera, on paper and you look at it, it'll actually really jump out to you on what um, and how to merchandise a retailer's floor. And when it comes to, like, um, merchandising the retail, like, floor, like what are some of like your, your must haves on the floor? Yeah. So I want to know, um, you know, first and foremost, I want to know their business. I want to know their customer, their demographic. Uh, if it's a furniture store, what average price points are they selling in furniture? Because usually that relates to mattresses. So if you have a high end furniture store, you're usually going to sell better or premium mattresses. 
Um, so understanding the customer will help you merchandise the way you need to do. Andrew, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. And the conversations that you have, Andrew, will lead you in the right direction because obviously, you know, when you're talking to an owner, buyer, manager, RSA, et cetera, they'll usually lead you to what they need or, you know, where they're missing out on. Now, when it comes to like selling in more slots with the dealer, like how do you, how do you go about doing it when you've got like a dealer that they might be a little bit flighty or they only want like a certain number of slots? How do you, how do you work? How do you work your magic there? Yeah. So uh, going back to when Steph was uh, the director of the Southeast, she used to have something that we used to work on as account managers, but what is your dream big? Like what, if you could go in there and put your complete lineup in no um, limit on your slots, you know, what does that look like? So I loved taking that to the bank just because if a, if a, um, you know, buyer said, Hey, look, we, we got five slots for you. I'm going in with eight and we'll bring eight to the table. I'll have a plan of action for the five and how it fits their ecosystem as I've called it. And then also how does the other three slots that I'm proposing um, benefit their business first and how does it complement the five mattresses that or five slots that this owner buyer was going to give us. So the plan of action and selling to them, I think we have to remember every time we bring in new slots, a new line, whether it's at market or a summit, we have to have a plan of action of why it complements their floor, not why it makes sense for TSI. And I think sometimes we get a little um, distracted with that, but I think if you can paint the picture for the retailer, they'll understand why you need an additional slot or why you're doing uh, the merchandising choices that you've made. Yeah, for sure. Kind of like that little brand story being the guide, right? That's right. That is right. I like how you put that in there. Hey, you know, just try to work on those segues here and there. Um, Now let's talk about when maybe like a slot we put on isn't working. Like how long before or roughly, you know, how do you tell if a slot isn't working? Obviously, you know, the velocity, but how long does it take before maybe you make any type of adjustments? What do you, what do you do when, when you realize a slot isn't working? Yeah, that's a great question because I've been on, I've been on the bad end of this and learned uh, rather quickly as well as uh, most of us who've been in account management for a while now. So a new slot, let's go back to the beginning of the question, a new slot, I would say 90 days is a good starting point. And that's going to tell you um, your performance trends. If we're not trending in the right direction in 90 days, we'll probably have an issue in another 30 days as well. So I think it's time to get to the drawing board and say, all right, we thought this was going to work, but it's obviously not working on their floor for whatever reason. And just so everybody knows, it's going to happen. So we're going to have, you know, a dead skew every once in a while that maybe we thought was going to perform really well. The other piece of uh, the account management part, Andrew, is that's our job is to look at skew performance we aren't here to just put TSI SKUs all over our retail partners floor and say, good luck. Um, we're there to guide them. We're there to help them. We're there to train. Uh, so if we have a SKU that's not performing, we should already have something in the hopper that we're ready to show them and say, Hey, look, this didn't work. We thought it was going to, but here's what I have, you know, to replace that SKU because the last thing you want to hear is you lose that slot 
or you come into a store and they've already replaced it. Mm -hmm. So sometimes when you work with a larger account like Ashley Furniture, that slot could get replaced real quick if we don't have um, an agreement in hand. So I think that 90 days going back to is a great trend setter. Um, let's, let's talk about that scenario that you, you, you do show up in a store and yeah, like you've lost a slot. Like what are, yeah. what do you, what do you do? You're just like, Oh, okay. And play it cool. Or what, I mean, what do you do? Yeah. So we're always going to be professional, right? Mm -hmm. uh, we're not going to lose our <laughs> cool. So even though we want to trust me, there was, there was a time or two where I lost my cool just in my head mentally. Um, no, look it, you know, it's when you're flat footed is when something like that happens. Or if you get blindsided, that's not the typical thing that happens, especially if you have a great relationship with our customer, but how could we, um, prevented it? How do we get the slot back? That's when the conversation really starts to turn into that because we're worried. We're not worried. We want their business to succeed because if they don't succeed, we don't succeed. Right? So I think we just need to make it known. Hey, look, you've replaced the slot. It wasn't working. Um, we understand, but how do we get this back? And we need to work hard to do so. So I don't know that that's the perfect answer, Andrew, but no, no, it's a great answer. It happens. It, it, it does. And I'll never forget um, one time when I was kicked off a five store furniture's floor and um, to know, you know, nothing relationship wise, but just, it just happens sometimes. So things like that happen and we keep our cool and we move on. And if it does happen in your territory, figure out how you can replace the business somewhere else. And going back, um, we had this, this question. I can't remember if I asked it or not, but uh, like must have bed. Do you have like any specific like favorites? Yeah, I, okay. So, you know, to be clear, obviously we've, we've said multiple times in this podcast that every retailer's floor is different, right? Their ecosystems right. change. It may not be the same for one retailer as, as it is the other, but my favorite uh, products to win the fight in are the Sealy uh, products, posturepedic products, Sealy labeled beds, et cetera, what have you. But I love the $699 to $999 price point mm -hmm. because if you can win that on the floor, uh, in my personal opinion, UPP products you know, that we, we offer Tempur-Pedic, Stearns, uh, hybrids. I think that that becomes very easy as an account manager to understand how to merchandise when you really know how to win the doggy dog world of the mattress business. And uh, that's where I started. And I was taught that, um, you know, early on. So our beast practice question of the week is, what is your advice to all that are, whether they're seasoned account managers or new to the role, regarding prospecting, like re regarding prospecting an account and advice when it seems to take forever to get a commitment? That's a great question. Um, my advice is don't give up. It is, especially if you're going after a big fish or if it's a small account, the more you build the relationship, the more present you are. And at times it may feel like you're annoying someone, but if you just keep your foot in the door in a non-pressure way and let them know, you know, as soon as somebody drops the ball, I'm here to pick it up and run with it. You know, we have the strongest brands in the industry. Keep going after it. 
um, as my favorite artist, uh, musician in the world, Tom Petty says, the waiting is the hardest part. So if you can be patient um, and just keep showing them the way, that's what I would say. You, you will finally win. That's great. Uh, what is your favorite Tom Petty song? Ooh, that's a really tough question. Uh, I mean, you can't, you can't throw out Tom Petty and then not get a follow yeah. up. Yeah. I'll tell you what, the waiting is great. All right. <laughs> that's a wonderful song. Yeah. I, but, oh God, it'd be too hard to just say one. No worries. Uh, final question. This is kind of, you know, I'd like to end with a little bit of levity. Obviously you've given us some really good content, but now I just want to have a little bit of fun, you know, maybe get you to laugh a little bit. Obviously right. a few episodes back, we had your boy Sean Fennec on. So you okay. know, he got the jump on you in, you know, on, in our uh, podcast forum, you guys are both very, very competitive and you guys have been friends for what forever, I think from, uh, from what you told me now. So I'm just kind of curious, do you guys have any like kind of like account manager competition that you guys uh, like go head to head at between the two of you? No, I won't say there's any competition. I think it's more, um, Sean and I have always, our relationship has always been this way. We just help each other in different ways. And, you know, we're, we're happy to see each other's success so far. Um, with large accounts and it's been a lot of fun, but we are competitive with ourselves, I think is the biggest thing. And uh, look, we're, we are all competing to get that bonus, right? right. So that's, that's it. But uh, I know his drive is the same as mine when it comes to winning and uh, we, we got to win. That's it. it. It drives me crazy. If I hear another competitor is out, you know, outperforming us or we're losing dollars because of something, it, it really gets to me. So, um, now I would say there's, it's not a competition between us both, but we are competitive. Yes. Love it. All right. Well, that's all I've got. JD. Thank you, Justin. Thank you. You guys have been just rock stars today. So I really appreciate it. Christina, do us a favor, take us on out. All right, you guys, thank you so much for joining us today. What a great beast cast. You guys get ready because we have BeastCast number seven coming to you soon. Have a great week, everyone. Bye. See ya. Bye, everybody. Bye. Let's go, South Beast. Beast mode. <laughs>